Hello and welcome to the Women's Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. I'm Zachary Vasicki, alongside Amanda Poole and Julian Mitchell. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been an interesting week for the team, so I'm ready to talk some basketball. I'm doing pretty well as well. Um, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. First time on the mic, Amanda, uh, replacing Zach Manning this week. Zach is has the week off. Again, this is the Women's Basketball Podcast. The only podcast devoted strictly to Michigan State women's basketball. Again, recapping the season so far, the team is thirteen and six, three and three in the Big Ten, eight and one at home. Again, that only loss was to the then number one ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And just last week, we were talking about a two-game winning streak. It is now a two-game losing streak. They were three and one in the Big Ten, now three and three. Again, last year, twenty-five and nine, thirteen and four in the Big Ten, thirteen at two at home. They went to the Big Ten tournament, got second, lost to Maryland, went to the NCAA tournament, lost in Mississippi State. But that's all in the past. We're talking about the present. And the present is Susie Merchant is not coaching the team currently. Uh, effective on the 17th of January. Uh, again, 2017, this crazy, uh, it's already 2017. Effective immediately on the 17th, associate head coach, Amaka Agugwa. I really hope I didn't screw that up will serve as interim head coach uh, during Susie's time off. Again, I, I think I speak for everyone. I hope Susie is is all right, doing well. Um, you know, the, January 1st, she had the, the spell. She fainted on the court, came back just six days later to coach the team against Nebraska, and now she's taking her, herself off of the, uh, the court and taking some possibly well-needed time off. Julian, I'll start with you. Is what what kind of effect is is this going to have for the team? Well, obviously, it's tough for your team to lose your leader like that. But I think this team's going to go pretty well through that. They have leaders on the floor with Jen Koska, and also, Agugo is a great coach. She's done a great job here the four seasons as the assistant, and she's also did a lot of work at Old Dominion. She did well there, uh, and I think she was a key part of recruiting for the Spartans. So that helps her have a good relationship with the players, so they know her, they know her well. And they know how she works. So I think it'll be a nice transition. It's going to be tough, but it'll go. Yeah, you mentioned recruiting. This is still a very young team. Three, The three freshmen they brought in from that class are all are all playing. So uh, I, I do think they'll, they'll be all right. Amanda, do you have anything to, to say about the Susie's absence? I did want to say that I do agree with Julian and that the team will be all right. Yes, it is tough to lose your um, head coach, but... Uh, during the Ohio State game or after in the press conference, Susie talked about Tori on the um, on the court and how she was a coach on the court. And I think with leadership like that and AG out there, um, it'll be an easier kind of transition for this temporary time um, when they're without Susie. So, yeah, and the assistant coach will help a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I did like that quote. Um, I think it was against Ohio State that, that they uh, Susie Merchant said that about yep. Tori. Uh, again, Tori, four-year um, player, three-year starter at Michigan State, leading scorer, possible um, player of the year candidate. And I think that will help a lot. Her, AG, and Taya Reimer, um, grads, grad transfer, not necessarily a lot of experience on the on MSU, but she, she's been around the team for about five, six months now, and she's been able to get to know everyone. Experienced player. Moving on, though, Julian already touched on recruiting. They have a big recruit from the 2017 class. It was already a great recruit. Now it's even better. The first All-American the team's had since 2010, Sydney Cooks from Kenosha, Wisconsin, was selected this past week to play in the 2017 McDonald's All-American game. 
Uh, this is pretty big news. Julian, I know we were watching her, her not even her mixtape, just some of her highlights. Uh, she's pretty impressive. She is extremely talented. I mean, you're, I, we looked at highlights from this year and then highlights from her eighth grade year. She was 6'4 in eighth grade, and she was you know, killing the little eighth graders, and now she's killing and right now playing against people her age. I mean, she's just extremely talented. She can score the basketball. And I, you know, looking at her highlights, she's a forward, but she has great vision. She's making some nice passes out of the post, nice passes face up. Uh, going down to her teammates, so she's just a really talented player. Anything you have to uh, say about Sydney? I think it is how you said, six four in eighth grade. That's four years of high school that she got comfortable with her height, got a way that you know knows how to use it now and knows how to use her body and her power and strength. And yes, great vision on the court as well. So if she's an all around good player, which she looks like it, it'll be a great addition to Michigan State women's basketball team. Yeah, and again, they're just adding to the, the, the young core that this team already has with uh, with McCutcheon, with Nia Holly, and with Madrika Cook. Those are three freshmen that came in, and, and as I said, they're already playing. They bring in Sydney Cooks from the 2017 class. Uh, Susie Merchant is really building a powerhouse in the Big Ten. Again, all young players, all you know, new faces. This team was struggling with chemistry uh, to start the year, I, I thought. Again, we touched on that last episode mm-hmm. with the young faces losing three starters from last year. They lost Ariel Powers to WNBA. They lost uh, Kaya Taylor. They lost Jasmine Hines, all gone. Again, three starters with a lot of experience, and they're still hanging around with a 13-6 you know, and six record, 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten, probably not where they want to be, but they're still in the thick of things. Um, just before we jump into the games – what have you seen? I know I know they went 0-2 on their two-game road trip, but is, is chemistry still an issue, or is it just kind of a couple bad games? I think chemistry is, is fine, right? I think they've had a lot of time to adjust with each other and you know get to know each other and get well on the court. So I think the chemistry is fine. I think it's just a couple bad games that have plagued them, but on the floor they look great all together. Yeah, and, and Amanda, you've been to a couple games now. Uh, you weren't here last year. You're a freshman coming in watching this team. What have you? What impresses you so much? You know, Tori's a great player, but this team all around, as I was saying, has a lot of new faces. What has impressed you so far throughout the season with just five home Big Ten games left for this team? Yeah, I think I was really intrigued with um, talking to the players after a couple of games, and Tori, um, she and Ag, they both have talked about you know the younger players coming in and them you know teaching them, kind of putting them under their wings, um, really trying to make them good so that when Tori and AG, when they leave, they will have great players to step up and they'll be ready. So I think that chemistry is good. I think they know what they need to do so that the team does flow well. And I agree with Julian. I think it has been a couple, you know, issues and a couple games, just bad games and some sloppy work. And I think if they get that together, they could really do well. Again, recapping the headlines, Susie Merchant, uh, we're not sure how long, but she did. she's taking a medical leave of absence. Hopefully she's okay and will be able to return to her head coaching duties uh, for the women's basketball team. Uh, 2017 recruit Sydney Cooks. Uh, again, this I'm just reading this from the ESPN recruiting profile. Agile, agile face-up four prospect. Great length in the front court. Stretches the defense to the arc. Again, she can shoot. She can play in the post. And she was just selected to the All-American game. According to ESPN, the number two at the forward position, fifth overall recruit. Uh, good player coming in to East Lansing next year. And lastly, the team is returning home. They will be playing Purdue on Sunday after going 0-2 on those two games against Purdue and Northwestern. And while I mention that, let's just jump right into that. We will recap the week that was 
0-2 for the Michigan State Spartans, 62-58 to in Piscataway, New Jersey. Not what we expected last week. Me, Julian, and Zach Manning sat here and said, uh, not really a way they could lose this game, or we didn't expect mm-hmm. them to. Julian, what did you see from the team in, in this close loss? Well, I mean, it's the things that we've talked about all season long and some that we'll bring up again and again on this episode, but just turnovers were a big problem for the team. 18 in that game, and that's some, I mean, I think Rutgers got 26 points off turnovers in that game. That's just, that's rough. You're not going to win many games when a team is getting that many points off turnovers. And then just uh, poor shooting down the stretch. I mean, in the second half, the team shoots 39% from the field as opposed to 59% they shot in the first half. So just tough shooting down the stretch, and then turnovers hurt them. Amanda, anything you want to add to the Rutgers game? Yeah, I didn't see the game, but I'm looking at the statistics, and yeah, it looks like you know shooting wasn't there. Um, it was Tory led the offense with 20 points, and then the next highest scorer had eight points. That's a huge gap. I think you know there needs to be more scoring to win, obviously, and I think that um, Tory can't lead all the time, or she can lead all the time, but there needs to be some um, more high scorers on the team too. Yeah, after that game, Taryn McCutcheon, the freshman point guard. Uh, reached into the top 10 in assists for freshmen. So McCutcheon, again, not necessarily contributing too much on the scoring side, but her assist and her vision on the court is really what uh, brings her into the starting lineup for the Spartans team. Tori Jankowska, another game with 20 points. Uh, again, she, she passed Ariel Powers for career points. Now, after that game with 1,873 career points, just continuing her tear this season, Shooting, again, 20 of 51, it's it's almost as simple as someone just has to step up. Tori cannot, I mean, she's going to she's gonna have 20 points every game, it looks like, at least 20 points. She's 5, five of 15, 4 of 12 from 3 in that game. Uh, 7 of 25 was the entire team. So, again, it, it, it might just be my opinion, but someone, I, I mean, they have experience from Brandy Agee, Tara, uh, Taya Reimer, even Victoria Gain, she's a redshirt freshman, but still she's been around on the team. They just need someone, another, a second score that's going to be consistent. Julian, who do you think that could be? I mean, I've leaned a lot on Reimer to try and be that player. I mean, she has experience coming from a extremely great program in Notre Dame and coming here. So she has that experience and she can do it, but she's just struggled with whether that be fouls or just an off shooting night. She's struggled. So, I mean, I'd like to see that come from A.G. as my, you know, backup for Reimer. Because uh, Agee's a very very talented player, and she's played well in a couple of games. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, again, we, I think we touched on it last episode as well, mm-hmm. the, the second-half scoring, 3 of 15 in the third, 4 of 14 in the fourth. Uh, that was a game that you know we thought they were going to win, and they combined to go 7 of 29 in the second half. That's not what you're looking for. 3 of 18 from 3, and that's 5 of 9 from the free throw line, just some quick math there. Uh, not great numbers from a team that you know, we, I, at least I expected to kind of run away in this game. Rutgers coming into this game, they were five and thirteen. They improved to six and thirteen. Um, three and three in the Big Ten. Rutgers improved too, but Sharita Parker eight of 16, 20 points, and then they did the opposite of what Michigan State did. They had two other scorers in double figures, and it's something that that um, we talked about in the previous episode, and it's still relevant. Michigan State is almost unbeatable when they have three scores and double figures. To be exact, they're 8-0 this season when they have at least three scores and double figures. So, uh, again, 
It's just as simple as someone has to play better. And mm-hmm. that didn't happen against Rutgers. Um, Brandy Agee, one of seven. Victoria Gaines, three of eight. Tyra Reimer, she was four of five, but maybe she just needs more volume. Maybe she just needs to take more shots. She only played 20 minutes that game. Um, so, again, turnovers, more scoring. Nothing else really stands out in this game. Uh, just for me, looking at it, rebounds tied 33-33. That was another point that they probably could have mm-hmm. easily taken care of with. I mean, they have better athletes than Rutgers. Just hands down. Hands down, they do. So, just underperformance. Amanda, any last takeaways uh, from this Rutgers loss? Yeah, I just want to say when they're looking for someone to step up, like we've been saying that this is a young team, so expecting freshmen to step up and, and be those top scorers is really really a big um, a big deal. So we do need AG and we do need Reimer, the ones with more experience. Those need to be the people that step up. I agree. Again, 62-58 to 58 loss in New Jersey against Rutgers. They had the lead going into the fourth, uh, ended up losing that, and they outscored 21-13 in the fourth quarter. Again, if you're not familiar, there are four, four quarters in the women's basketball um, college game, unlike the men's two halves. Um, again, I think just a sidetrack there, I think four quarters, I think that suits the college game just as well as it does the NBA. Oh, yeah, I think it's it's perfect playing four quarters. It works out extremely well uh, for this game. It translates well, and I think they should use it more often. I, I agree. Get, getting back on track <laughs> at Northwestern, uh, they ended up losing that game as well, 76-65. Someone that we thought may have been been the reason for the loss, Nia Coffey, she was held to 1 of 14 from the field. Only scored seven points. Most of that was obviously from the free throw line, five of ten. She also contributed eleven rebounds. Obviously, she's gonna be able to do that. She's one of the best players in the country. But limiting her to seven points, and again, the opposing team has three scores in double figures, one of which doesn't really ever see a ton of playing time. Um, Amber Jamison, uh, she is a starter, but she scored twenty-two points, the leading scorer um, for the Wildcats. 34 minutes, 22 points, 6 rebounds. Really, that's the ultimate reason why they lost. They they might have focused too much on coffee and just got, mm-hmm. you know, Jamison ended up being wide open. So, again, looking at the stats here, Brandy Agee did have double, double digits, but no one else really stands out. McCutcheon did have 9 points, but, again, Tori Jankowski had 25 points. 9 of 17, 5 of 9 from 3. Uh, start with Julian. What happened in uh, in Evanston? I mean, this one, just another rough one with 18 turnovers, but it's just a tough game. I think you, you got it correct. Yeah, They focused a lot on coffee, and just other players won the game for Northwestern. I think that's that was sort of their game plan going in. They said, we're going to stop coffee, and we're just going to make the other players beat us. And, I mean, unfortunately they did. I mean, 20, 22 points for Jamison and then 20 for Dearly. That's two players with 20-plus points. That's It's tough to get a win when you have two players balling like that. Yeah, hey, Amanda? Yeah, we, like we've been saying, we lack in the, you know, having at least maybe two or three players that can really score that high, and Northwestern did that, and that's how they beat us. They did something that we could not do. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, Northwestern, it's it's a tough opponent, especially going into Evanston, uh, Illinois, but Northwestern improving to 15-4, 4-2 and in the Big Ten. Uh, it's a, it's a tough loss for the team, especially, um, you know, with Susie out, they probably wanted to win one for outscored in the paint, 28 to 20 off turnovers. Again, turnovers are a problem. 20 to 13 
second chance points, 11 to 8. Fast break, 12 to 2. Fast break is something that we're not really used to seeing Michigan State being outscored, especially um, if you're there, if you saw the Ohio State game. That was pretty much fast break all over the place, and they were able to capitalize on, on the fast break Michigan State was. And that was, that was you know, one of the reasons they were able to upstate, upset the Buckeyes. Excuse me. Uh, so really they got outscored in almost every facet of the game. Got out-rebounded 38-33. to 33. Again, Nia Coffey contributing 11 of those rebounds. It's tough to, uh, you know, box her out and able to grab those rebounds. But Ty Reimer, six rebounds for Victoria Gaines, five rebounds. Then you look at the bench and two rebounds combined. Uh, and that's not necessarily the starter's fault, but what could the bench, or, you know, who are you looking from on the bench to, to be able to step up? I know Nia Holly, Madrika Cook, two freshmen, but still have Jenna Allen, Lexi Gesser, Anna Vesela down there. Any of those people, any of those players that you think should have played better or should play better in order for them to win? Honestly, some of the, some of it has to go to Jenna Allen. She's got to step up. I mean, you off the bench, you're giving her 16 minutes. She's got to go out there and contribute a little bit more. She she comes in and she gives you three turnovers, just one assist, uh, doesn't get any boards or any points. It's just it's tough when you have a player coming off the bench and struggling like that. So Allen's definitely got to step up. And we talked about Gusset before. She's a streaky shooter, but when she gets her chance to shoot, she's got to make these shots. Yeah, she's not afraid to shoot at all. Uh, Ten minutes, she didn't actually take a shot at all in the Northwestern game, but. Again, maybe you know if she's open, if she if she's as streaky as anyone really, mm-hmm. uh, as streaky as I've ever seen. So maybe just try to get her going, especially in a game that that's almost feels like it, it would have to be an upset going into Northwestern. Northwestern's a very good team. Nia Coffey, again, one of the best players in the country. Ashley Deary, again, those two really caused some trouble in the Big Ten tournament last year. Returning this year, upperclassmen, two very good players. Couldn't get the job done in Evanston, Illinois. Again, um, you know, it was a close game throughout, but they outscored them in the second quarter, 26-17, to 17, after being outscored 20-10 to 10 in the first. And then third and fourth quarter, they, they got outscored again. So second half scoring uh, against a team that you really, you know, you just need to put the pressure on. They couldn't, were, were not able to do it outside of Jankowska. Brandy Agee did have a double-double with 12 and 10, 10 rebounds, 12 points. Uh, we will give her credit for that, but again, then you look at the bench and there's just really no production there. Um, again, it's it, it's hard to to put all the pressure on one player, but Jenna Allen again, most experienced off of the bench, O of one from the field, no rebounds in 16 minutes. You just you just need to have more of an impact from the team. Amanda, anything uh, any takeaways you have from the Northwestern game? Yeah, just 100% about Jenna Allen. And, yeah, I hate to point fingers and stuff, but they need that um, extra person when, you know, when someone comes from the bench, they need that, um, you know, kind of like energy and they need that motivation and the um, uh, more points, more scoring. That that needs to be momentum to keep the game going instead of, you know, 16 minutes and nothing happens. Yeah, five points from the bench, uh, not really what you're looking for. One rebound off the bench. If I'm looking at the box score right, which is kind of, uh, kind of outstanding considering they had two, maybe three bigs, depending on what you consider. Madrika Cook, Lexi Gussert, come into the game again. Holly Cook, both freshmen, but they've been playing throughout the year. Five points, one rebound. It's not much of a, a bench con- um, contribution. So, going forward, they're obviously going to need more. Just quick note. Anna Vesela did have a, another three in that game. So, I mean, if they could – again, she's 
a mismatch for basically any player in the Big Ten in the country with her with her European style of play. So maybe they they can get her going. I know she had a big three uh, in the Ohio State game. So if there's anything that she could do, maybe get some more playing time. I think it'd be interesting, Julian. Just from watching Vessel play this year, is there any indication that they trust her enough to play in big moments and big minutes? I think as of right now that I think they're afraid of playing her. You know, we talked about it a lot. How you know she's really raw as a talented player. You know, coming over from Europe, it's hard for her to understand the game. And I think that's what they're afraid of right now is that they're putting her out there and she doesn't quite understand what she's doing. But I think they got to give her a longer leash. They got to let her out there. I mean, she's hit a couple threes and. As of right now, I mean, looking at this, she's playing better than the other bench players. So I think you just got to let her go and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, again, Tori Jankowska, 25 points, continuing to tear it up, averaging 22.6 points per game. And that's a pretty smooth transition into our player of the week, Tori Jankowska. Congratulations. Second <laughs> week in a row. 22.6 points per game. Uh, again, up for player of the year uh, consideration. Ariel Powers was up there last year. Uh, there's not much you can say about her other than she is this Michigan State team. Points, re- rebounds even, assists. She's just a very tough player. She didn't really come in as an ESPN Top 100 recruit. She likes playing with you know that toughness, that grittiness, that chip on her shoulder that it seems like most Michigan State teams do. But Tori Jankowska, what can you say about her? Amanda, again, First year here watching Tori play, what impresses you the most? I think, yes, her scoring is amazing. Her leadership on the court is amazing. She also has this drive that I see, too, that um, she wants to win. She wants you know Michigan State to do very, very well. And I think that um, after the Ohio State game, when I got a chance to talk to her, she was saying that about her record break, like breaking and um, stuff like that, she was saying that she'd rather you know win the game than score any points at all. So I think her overall drive to win and to succeed as a team is, you know, I think that plays a huge role in her overall play on the team. Yeah, I mean, we've said it again and again. She does everything for this team. You talked about it with the points and then the rebounds. But the thing that just, like, boggles me all the time is that she's putting up 20-plus points a game. She's going off for scoring records. And we talked about McCutcheon having 102 assists on the season. Jankowska's right there with 97. So that's just something that just – is crazy for me to think about when you have a player averaging 22, uh, almost 23 points per game and give you 97 assists yeah. on the season. It's, it's just, just an outstanding player shooting almost 46%, 46.4% to be exact from the field, 38% from three, averaging almost eight rebounds, almost 23 points a game. She's been the leading scorer 18 of their 19 games. Uh, heart and soul of the team, well-deserved Tori Jankowska, Player of the Week, second week in a row. And we move on. Judge Julian, court is in session. It's all yours. Yes, yes, we are back. It's going to be a short case today. I've only got one thing on my mind, and that's turnovers. We've talked about it countless times. I don't know how many times I can say it, but I'm going to say it again just to get it to somebody so you can listen and hear me. Turnovers, problem for this team. Six losses on the season, three of them. 20-plus turnovers in the game. Two of them, 18 turnovers. They all had one game where they had 11 turnovers, but they shot 32% from the field. So turnovers are a huge problem. We talked about 18 in the last two losses. Turnovers have been a problem for this team, and it's it's a main factor in their losses. they got to uh, keep control of the basketball. they got to hold on to it. Can't give it away with throwaway passes. They can't be lazy. 
if they keep turning the ball over like this, it's going to be a rough season and an early end when it comes to March. There you have it. Judge Julian, turnovers have been a problem. And anytime you 20 turnovers in a game, that, that, that's pretty rough. Uh, obviously, Susie Merchant, I, I wouldn't want to be around her sitting at home wherever she is watching these games, 18-plus oh, no. turnovers. They're, that would not be a, a fun, fun thing there. But, yeah, turnovers, big problem for this team. And going forward, they have Purdue this Sunday, 5 p.m. at the Breslin Center. If they want to win this game, again, turnovers. Biggest thing, turnovers and scoring outside of Tori Jankowska. Uh, coming in, Purdue, they already beat Michigan State once this year, uh, and that was on January 4th in Purdue, 66-54. The Bo- Boilermakers won um, again. It, outside Tori Jankowska, they didn't have much production in that game, and they were still, again, that's only a couple weeks ago, but they're kind of changing the starting lineup around. Tori Jankowska, 16 points. Next leading scorer was Victoria Gaines with seven points. And again, you look at the bench, five, two, 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 seven, four. It's nice to have that depth, but if you're not really getting any meaningful contributions, I know Jen Allen did have seven points, five rebounds, which is probably, you know, the, as, much as, as much as they expect from her, but Outside of that, not much going on. The starting lineup, Brandon Ag zero points, McCutcheon three points. I'm not expecting that bad of an outing from from those two, but again, who's going to step up from this team? Uh, Julian, we'll start with you. Purdue coming in twelve and eight, three and three in the Big Ten. They are three and three in away games, also riding a two game losing streak, just like the Spartans. Uh, do you expect a game like the January fourth game, or, or is there anything different from this from this game? Obviously, I expect a different game. Like you said, they were sort of retooling the lineups, giving everybody some minutes in that one. So hopefully it'll be different working with lineups in this game. But obviously it's going to be tough. This is a Purdue team that's really talented. They're very similar to this Michigan State team, like you said. So it's going to be a tough one, especially uh, going up against them. They have three players in double averaging double-digit points per game, and we talked about that with Northwestern. Now that's a problem when you have that many players scoring and Michigan State only has one. So it's going to be a really tough game, uh, I guess, if – I have a prediction for this game. I'm going to give it to Purdue. You're going to give the Purdue the win. That's Spartan fans are not going to like that. Um, <laughs> again, we this is something we're going to start up. We'll we'll do. A, there's three of us here. Uh, first one, we'll give it to Julian. Pick a player from this Michigan State team that will have to. I know this is going to be easy because you get first pick, but a player <laughs> that's going to have to step up in order for them to win. Well, with the first pick, I'm going to go with, obviously, Jankowska. She's got to play well in this one. At this point, two-game losing streak. Your team's going up against a wall. They've lost their head coach. you got to step up. You're the leading scorer. you got to put the team on your back and get this huge win. They're going to need this one. Amanda, uh, any analysis and your prediction for the game? Yeah, I do think there needs to be some changes. You know, players do need to step up to win this game because of their loss earlier. Um, I do think that... Taryn McCutcheon, I think she needs to, although she does a great job, you know, um, organizing the court, you know, passing the ball, assists are great, but she gets, what, she got 31 minutes in the Purdue game earlier, and she scored three points. I think to add on to the scoring, to win the game, we need more, you know, high scores, and Taryn, since she's on the court so much, she should be one of those. And who are you picking to win the game this Sunday? I'm going to go with Michigan State. I think they're going to come back with you know some chips on their shoulder and really be out for blood. And, and based on what you just said, I'm guessing you're taking McCutcheon? Yes, I am. Four player? All right. 
we have Jankowski McCutcheon and we're split one to one coming down <laughs> to me. Wow. I didn't, I didn't expect this much pressure. Uh, as you know, this, this should be a, a very good game. Very evenly matched teams. I think, uh, Julian, you brought up a good point. Three players for Purdue in double figures, averaging Ashley Morissette, Dominique Odin, Bridget Perry, all three upperclassmen have been around. were there for the big 10 tournament last year when Michigan state, uh, defeated them, kicked them out. So I think they will come in with motivation. They already beat them once this year. I don't think they get it done again. I think Michigan State wins this game. Uh, in a close one, Purdue uh, averaging about the same amount of points as Michigan State. So I think it's going to be a very close game. I'll take Michigan State. I'm going to I'm gonna pick Taya, Taya Reimer. Uh, I think she will have to have a big game um, as far as rebounding. Again, if she can go 10-10, and 10, maybe a double-double, uh, I think Michigan State's in, in a good place. Um, again, if she has a double-double, they should be, like I just said, in a good place to score. Moving on um, to the Wisconsin game, the second game that we will be uh, in between podcasts Wednesday at 8 p.m. in Madison, Wisconsin. They last played January 19th, and Wisconsin did, excuse me, lost at Ohio State 70-61. I mentioned that before the show. Uh, based on their record, I wasn't expecting Ohio State to to be that close to them as far as scoring. Um, Wisconsin five and fourteen overall, zero and six in the Big Ten, two and seven at home, six game losing streak. Nothing very impressive um, from that, but they do have their leading scorer Kaya McMorris, thirteen point four points, and Avaya Young, ten point seven points per game and seven point two rebounds per game. Julian Mitchell, we go with you. We put the jinx on them last week. We said they weren't going <laughs> to lose to Rutgers. Do they lose to Wisconsin? I'm going to go again. They are not going to lose to Wisconsin. I think at the end of the day, whatever happens in that Purdue game, whether it be a win or a loss, they're going to be fueled and they're going to be ready to go and take out this Wisconsin team. That's it's, They're going to play hard. Obviously, they want their Big Ten win, and they just want to improve their record. But I think Michigan State's going to handle them in that game. So I'm going to give it to Michigan State. And then my player for that one, I'm going to go with McCutcheon in this round. I haven't picked her in a game yet, so I'm going to go with her. I think she's going to step up. She hit three threes in their uh, last game against Northwestern, so that's something to look forward to. She's getting more shots. I think she's getting more comfortable, so I expect her to have a pretty good game. Amanda, your turn. Uh, opinion analysis and a pick. All right. I think that, no, I know. I know Michigan State's going to win this game. I think they know that they can. They know they're capable. They beat Ohio State and Wisconsin lost to Ohio State. Um, I think they know they're capable and they're going to get the job done. Um, I'm going to pick Jankoska because she hasn't been picked yet. So <laughs> uh, she's going to step it up. She's going to, she always steps it up. She's going to be their lead scorer. I just know it. Got to get at least 20 points. And I think her leadership on the court is going to just help the team to, you know, stay confident. Don't play at the level of your opponent. And I think they're going to stay focused on the end result. Uh, yeah, coming down to me, you took Jankowska. I was yep. hoping she might slip, yep. but I guess not. Uh, looking just looking at the team stats for Wisconsin, uh, they get outscored every game. They they get outshot every game. More threes per game, more free throws, better percentage from the line. They do out rebound teams by by three forty one and a half to thirty eight point four. Um, but again, I don't know if uh, Michigan State's going to let that happen again after being tied by rebounds to Rutgers, who really shouldn't have been in the same arena as Michigan State. So I think Michigan State comes in, again, motivated. 
Uh, off the win against, I'm assuming, against Purdue, my pick, so I'll stick with it. I think they'll take their, their win and make it two in Madison. Uh, Wisconsin just doesn't impress me really in any any facet of the game. I, I know I'm, I sound rough, but they really don't. <laughs> <I agree>. uh, <laughs> 0-6 in the Big Ten, 5-14 overall. I think they, they uh, get another Big Ten loss. Michigan State, uh, player of the game, I'll take Brandy Agee, double-double against Northwestern. She, again, they need someone to step up, and I think she knows that it's probably going to have to be her. She was the third-leading scorer last year behind Ariel Powers, Tori Jankowska. Uh, I talked about this last episode, how she was kind of the momentum player, swing player. When mm-hmm. they needed a play, she would make the play. We definitely saw that against Ohio State. Uh, she was you know, running around screaming about every play. She'd dive <laughs> down, start yelling. So I will take Brandy Agee. I will take Michigan State against Wisconsin. To recap our picks, Julian, you took Purdue and Michigan State against Wisconsin, and me and Amanda both took Michigan State to go 2-0. and Listen to our next episode to, to see how right or wrong we were. Uh, again, that's always always fun to come on and say, oh, we were wrong. We we went 0-2 last week. So uh, I think Zach Manning was the only one to to go get a pick he right. Was. So he's not here. I give him a pat on the back, but he's not here. So sorry, Zach. Good job with the picks. But any last things you guys have to say uh, about this team so far this season or going forward? Uh, just going forward with this team, I think once Susie comes back, and I think they're going to hit their stride. This is a team that's really talented. They've got a great score in Jankowska, great pieces all around them. I think once they're going to learn how to play better with Susie gone, they're going to play for her. And then once she comes back, I think they're just going to hit their stride. And it's a team you want to watch out for. Amanda, anything else? Yeah, I think it is a team you're going to want to watch out for. I think they know what they have to do, and they know that they're capable of it, but the execution and the actual, you know, putting in that work to make sure those things happen, I think that's where they're going to either struggle or, you know, persevere through that. There you have it. Our second episode of the Women's Basketball Podcast. Again, the only podcast devoted strictly to Michigan State Women's Basketball. Hope you enjoyed listening. Every Friday... We'll be here in Studio H talking about Michigan State women's basketball. I'm Zachary Swasicki. For Amanda Poole and Julian Mitchell, thank you for listening.